with a vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about how gaslighting can affect a work environment for counselors. We want to talk about what gaslighting is. It's more than just making someone feel bad. There's intentional manipulation. It Mm -hmm. goes on for a long period of time, usually. And it has the person that it's happening to feel bad about themselves and question what they're thinking. Oh, I think the questioning part is important. Right. An important component. Right. They start self-doubting. They're wondering who they really are. Heather, you said it happens over a long period of time. Do you think that means that it happens in relationships? It can't just happen or it doesn't as easily happen with someone you don't know? Right. Generally speaking, it happens in relationships. Today, we're focusing on workplace relationships, Mm -hmm. but it can happen in dating relationships. It can happen in your marriage. It can Mm -hmm. happen in all sorts of relationships. Our article today is The Seven Signs of Gaslighting in Your Workplace. Psychology Today's article published 2020. First point we're going to talk about is that gaslighting reinforces group things. So can you think of some ways that this has happened to you before? Gaslighting, reinforcing groupthink? As a very young green intern worked at a place, they were pretty judgy about other people there that didn't go to the same church, didn't join the same groups. Mm -hmm. And I didn't pick up on it for a while Mm -hmm. because, I mean, I was just too young and green focused on what I was supposed to do. Well, and maybe that's some of the nature of gaslighting that you just defined. Right. Mm -hmm. Just was unaware of it. That was an interesting experience. I also thought of some examples that aren't very current. I was thinking about all of the horrible fashion trends that I got involved in. Probably pre-teeny was when I fell into most of those. Totally dates me. high heel jelly shoes. Ooh, yes. So special. Why did anybody <laughs> think those were a great idea? They hurt your feet so bad. Right? But they were so pretty and sparkly. Oh, and sparkly. That was, was the real <laughs> the selling, uh, point. selling point. Right. Can you think of any fashion trends that you look back on now and think, why did we all think that was so great? I you had to have the flower bangs where you curled like half your bangs up, up. and half your bangs down. Yes. And I used to spend hours and a whole bunch of hairspray mm-hmm. on trying to make them look right. really and specific. This, now do you look back at those school pictures and go, whoa. What, what happened there? I've probably spent three hours on my hair for it to look like that. <laughs> and every girl in the yearbook looks yes. identical. Yes. Oh, I maybe about the same time. There were these shoes that just had to be had. They were soft leather black tennis shoes. Oh, yes. Man, I had to have those. <laughs> and I had a couple of friends that had them. And I, not often did I get to follow all the fashion trends just really because of cost. But my parents got me these shoes and worst thing ever. We went on a family vacation and I left them (gasps) and I didn't realize it until almost like halfway home. We weren't, we hadn't actually gotten home yet, but we couldn't go back. Right. And I realized I didn't have them. And my mom was so upset. And she said, oh, you just made some little kid very happy. (laughs) And I went, oh, they're gone, gone. Some other examples of groupthink that come to mind. Have you ever had a favorite teacher or maybe there was a favorite camp counselor that oh. everyone just loved, loved, loved? But for what reason exactly? Right. I can't even think back to why that was the best camp counselor or why that was the best
best teacher, but they were. Do you know that I had an experience with my daughter really early on, elementary school age. There was a teacher that I had heard was this phenomenal teacher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this teacher was just the it teacher. And you wanted sure, you your gotta kid. you got to have them. So she was a lucky one. And she got in this class. And two weeks into school, oh. I don't know if we can hack it. I don't know if I personally as a mom can handle this teacher's style. Mm-hmm. But also, why do people like this teacher? It was a mm-hmm. unique experience. We stayed with the class. Wow. I wasn't all in at the very beginning. Yeah. So not everyone's preferences will meet your preferences. I did think of one work experience uh, example that I could share. Really early on, probably right out of school, I worked for a hospital. I was the youngest out of the bunch. So I just kind of followed suit. Whatever everybody else told me to do or did, I was doing too. So common. Mm -hmm. I think all of our supervisees probably do that. Sure. I didn't know any. I just thought this is what how you do it. I'm learning. Uh, They had pizza day for the staff. To get to eat pizza, you had to go and sit in medical records mm-hmm. and eat pizza at lunchtime. <laughs> and they would, met, someone in medical records would bring you a stack of charts. This is, again, dates right. me. Right. We all had paper charts. Right. They would bring you a stack of paper charts. And while you ate, you had to sign notes and things that you'd right. missed and correct date, you right. know, make sure the date was on every page, things like that. I thought, oh, great, a pizza. And I did that, I think, three times before I got to the bottom of my stack mm-hmm. and had corrected all of my charts. And then they just brought me another stack. Like, uh, not yours. Right. Then I realized, that, well, this isn't mine. But I thought, well, they they flagged all these little things with little stickies. I'll do all the ones that I can do. Right. Like a date or like a... Right. Put in, you know, some little... Complete the form mm-hmm. somewhere. But I left the things that weren't mine. Signatures, things like that. What really caught me, though, was when I realized no one else was doing the same thing. They were just signing, dating, everything. Moving on. Didn't matter whose chart was right. in Right. So it of. didn't matter if they'd ever seen that client before. And then I went, wait, why? is everybody acting like this is okay? Mm-hmm. I think maybe this is not okay. Right. This is maybe not the right thing. Right. So it took me a while to catch on to that one. Pro- right. Just like high heel jelly shoes. Right. Yeah. You had to own a few pair before you were like, why? <laughs> Enough blisters. And I went, okay, I'm done. Our second point in this article that we're discussing today is that gaslighting damages professional reputations. Do you yes. think that you've ever been involved in or close to a situation where gaslighting impacted a professional reputation? I had worked in a treatment facility, my supervisor was burnt out and did not like the new girl coming in with all these great, wonderful ideas to do different. Never, no matter what I did in that position, I was not going to get a good review. My supervisor was taking credit for all the things that we had changed at the lower level. Was your direct supervisor gaslighting you? Yes. Maybe similar to your example where I was the person who kind of in the the middle of gaslighting. Same place as pizza, pizza day. (laughs) As pizza place. So I was young also. So bright-eyed and mm-hmm. energetic and lots of ideas and not always uh, were those ideas appreciated. Right. And left there, went on, moved on to different job, but still had some occasion where I'd interact with the people from right. that. Just like we'd run into each paths. other. Right. And I remember at one point I came back to the facility and while I was there, I swung by somebody's office and stepped in and said, hi, we had, I think, a mutual client at the time or someone we knew, a client we knew in common and chit-chatted and that person said, you have grown up so much. And I thought, (laughs) 
<laughs> I am going to appreciate that right. comment for what their intent was, but I knew right then, as soon as that person said it, that the meaning was when I was there, I wasn't appreciated mm-hmm. right. the way that she was able to appreciate me yeah. from a distance right. with more space, mm-hmm. with more time in between. Do you think the gaslighting that happened when I was there impacted my reputation and the way that that reputation was able to change was that I came back and I had different interactions and different right. relationships. But right. had I not, I think that same reputation could have or would have continued with a negative opinion mm-hmm. of my work or my interactions with coworkers. Right. Well, and it can be the simplest of things. I mean, we're working in a field where often we have other professionals we're engaging with and reaching mm-hmm. out to. Mm-hmm. And it can be really damaging if they have cemented opinion of mm-hmm. who you were then mm-hmm. or whatever someone else has shared with them and haven't sure. really based it off their own experience. Right. The other thing I thought about and connects absolutely with what you just said, the treatment facilities that are well known around town and the reputation they have. Right. Some of those reputations are really crummy. Mm-hmm. Some of them have better reputations. And where have those come from? Right. What are they made up of? Right. Have I ever personally referred to every single one of those or interacted with them on a level where I could actually know what kind of work they do? Or am I getting some of that from a reputation that they have or right. someone's opinion? Right. Or sometimes it's even based off one client's opinion. Right? Mm-hmm. Like you have one client that did really great in that program, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily great for your next client. Right. The third point that we're discussing in our article today, gaslighting in our workplace ignores positives. I think that happens all too often. And unfortunately, we're in a society where a lot of things are measured and things to be accountable for, especially if you're in a treatment facility or a hospital setting versus private practice. Mm-hmm. One of the examples I'm thinking of came from a supervisee. She was working at a place. They tracked everything mm-hmm. down to how many times have you used that diagnostic code wow. down to, they tracked everything. And she just felt so under the microscope all the time. She never got the, you're doing great. Every time she had an expectation that a client was about to discharge, someone would find a way to keep that client on for longer. Oh, tell me if this fits. I was thinking you were describing a gotcha environment. Yes. That yes. There's a lot of keeping track of things or managing accountability. That's useful and needed, but there are times right. where it can feel detrimental to what you're trying to do. And it feels like a gotcha right. situation. And it, They're trying to catch you doing right. something. And it takes away from the opportunities for there to be good things. If the focus mm-hmm. isn't, you didn't hit your number of clients for the month. Mm-hmm. If that's the focus. Well, I, th- I think also plenty of not just counseling organizations, but companies manage based on, did you do something correctly? Right. Did, or they only catch the thing when it's something's wrong. Right. And so then the only time you hear from a supervisor mm-hmm. or someone in a different department is to say, you did that wrong. Right. That creates a situation where positives are ignored. Right. I was thinking, I talked before about how I try when clients are leaving treatment or discharging from a counselor, that I try and get that counselor to think about a positive, something mm-hmm. they were really proud of and did well, and something that they have learned from the situation and are taking away from it. Sometimes my whole job as a supervisor at that point is to help reframe all the crummy negative right. thinking right. that that counselor's doing. So they say something like, I had to call the parent five times to talk to them about staying in treatment. That sounds like a negative, but mm-hmm. I think it means that you had great right. collaboration with the parents. Mm-hmm. That you, I mean, that's so important that you had lots of contact. You're engaging them in treatment. Great job. Right. It takes work to right. reframe that. You have to that. find that. Right. Mm-hmm. Heather, our fourth point in our article this week is gaslighting entrenches people in negative relationships. Mm-hmm. The other phrasing that comes to mind, something I learned at a place I work, they called it disordered culture, mm-hmm. meaning gets real entrenched with the us versus them. 
them mentality. That disordered, they were using that specifically because it was a mental health place. It affects all of those relationships so deeply that it affects the whole culture of where you're working. Mm-hmm. Not in a group think way, but it just feels, ugh, you're mm-hmm. walking in and it's one more, oh. here we go again, the grind of it just yeah. being negative. Like it drain. you can feel the energy drain. Right. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, I noticed this when people start to use the same turns of phrase or mm-hmm. the same phrase over and over again when talking about clients or talking right. about a work dynamic. I can't think of any specifically, but I know that I've been in meetings before or rounding on clients mm-hmm. as a team. And maybe we say the same phrase to describe someone with a specific diagnosis. Right. Um, it's kind of even embarrassing to say, I'm glad I wasn't leading this team of clinicians. Part of their rounding was that they would mimic the voice of clients or that they would kind of joke or be dismissive mm. of the client's behavior or their symptoms. It just became so systemic. It was part of right. what they did every single time that they rounded mm. on those clients, which makes me think of the other thing I think about when people are entrenched in negative relationships. I think I'm actually pretty good at this. I am pretty good at coyote uglying my work friends, Okay, um, and which we talked about what does coyote ugly mean? Uh, it means how do you slip away from someone or disappear right. in a casual way from a social situation or a person that you don't want to be connected mm-hmm. with anymore? And I think that I do that in a work situation if maybe I've got a group of lunch friends right? and I realize the discussion has just gotten really negative. And it's going to repeat itself again. You just right. have just the got, same. Right. We've yeah. just gotten in this pattern where what do we do? We sit down. How was your weekend? And we jump into complaining about a specific person mm-hmm. or we jump into complaining about chart audits right. or something that right. w- that's just frustrating or upsetting. And I am quick to find a reason not to eat lunch with those right. people. You're like, oh, I scheduled an extra client. <laughs> or, or maybe to change how I spend time with mm-hmm. them. That I want to spend time with you, but we're going to go for a walk around the block. Maybe I'd, actually, that sounds kind of nice. Instead of sitting and eating lunch together where we might end up talking about these same things, what if we eat our lunch and then we spend the rest of our time walking around the building outside and get some fresh air and just that little bit of change could maybe change the conversation. Absolutely. Yes, I definitely (laughs) slip away, get away from those conversations because it does drain my energy and I feel like it changes the rest of my day. Right. If you get on that bad pattern in the middle of your day and then you're stuck in that same way of being all day long, it just drains any kind of extra energy you have for your afternoon or your evening clients. Mm -hmm. So Heather, I think we're describing that gaslighting one affects the two of us as counselors and probably lots of our other counselor peers and friends, but also that can find its way into supervision Mm -hmm. as well. And that we would really be doing our associates, interns, a service by helping them to identify these situations and to teach them how to coyote ugly some (laughs) some gaslighting work situations. I love it. That's, That's great. Thanks today for listening to Supervision with a Vision. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.